Hello people, this is Carlo and this is the third episode of Thieves Monthly Movie Loot. I hope you've enjoyed the first episodes because we're just getting started. Last episode I talked about the first five films I saw in February as part of my monthly movie challenge. So in this episode I'm going to be talking about the middle of the pack, the five films I've seen during the last week or two. So let's jump into it. A film with an African American cast. For this category, I saw Dolomite, the 1975 black exploitation film. This was perhaps my first trip into this subgenre. Uh, the film follows a titular character played by Rudy Ray Moore. Dolomite is a pimp who gets out of jail to seek revenge on the rival that sent him to prison, uh, Willie Green. He's played by the film director, Durville Martin. Uh, if we're gonna speak frankly, the film is a caravan of mediocrity, uh, a weak story, silly dialogue, mediocre performances, clunky fight choreographies, but it still makes for an interesting and fun watch. Uh, one can deny that there is an endearing attraction to the film's roughness and its unconventional quote-unquote hero. Uh, Moore is far from the greatest actor, but he does have the necessary confidence and swagger for the role. Also, although the pace is uneven, I don't think it ever got boring. Uh, a good online friend told me, and I quote, it's a blast, but don't let it paint the picture that all black exploitation films are that incompetent and silly, as it seems to have done in the public conscience. So I look forward to more black exploitation films that fall on the more serious side of the spectrum. But like I said, this was an interesting and fun watch. A film featuring the name of a couple in its title. For this category, I saw 1971's Harold and Maud. This is a film I had seen on countless lists, but I had never bothered to read its premise, what it's about, so I was a bit surprised when I realized uh, on one side we have Harold, played by Bud Kurt, an 18-year-old obsessed with death and suicide, which he expressed in the most quirky and extravagant ways, much to the dismay of his snobbish mother. On the other side, we have Maud, played by Ruth Gordon, a 79-year-old woman that shares some of Harold's obsessions and quirks, but expresses them in more vivacious ways. The two enjoy attending random funerals, which is how they meet. Despite the age difference, they form a bond, they become friends, and that helps each of them deal with their own personal issues, like Harold's loneliness and his disconnect from everybody, his relationship with his mother, or Maud's aging and the approach of her 18th birthday. One thing I liked is how the film manages to seamlessly move from comedy to drama without losing a beat. The premise might be risky and the issues presented are serious, but it manages to tread that fine line admirably. This is mostly thanks to the performances of Court and Gordon, both of which have an excellent chemistry. Their relationship is uh, so touching and honest, it's believable that you can help but fall in love with them. And that's what carries the film all the way. I do feel that the conclusion could have been executed better, could have packed more of a punch. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the film, uh, skip ahead a couple of seconds. Uh, I felt that the rate at which we find out about Mott's decision to take her life and what follows is too abrupt. 
moreover, the director chooses to treat everything from a distance, literally and figuratively. Uh, we see Harold finding out about Mott's fate through a window from a distance, and I would have preferred more closeness for that. Considering how emotional and touching the film is, I felt that there could have been more emotion drawn from that moment. Regardless of that, I found the closing scene to be neatly executed despite its unsubtlety. I have to say that I couldn't help but smile at the last shot of Harold finally feeling at ease with life and happy with himself. So this was a nice surprise. I really enjoyed this one a lot. A film with the world love in its title. Speaking of surprises, this was another one. I saw 1970's Love Story, which is yet another film I had seen listed frequently among romantic films, but I had never even read exactly what it was about. For those that are like me, it follows college preppy Oliver Barrett IV, played by Ryan O'Neill, as he meets and falls in love with Jenny Cavillary, played by Ali McGraw, a quick-witted girl from a working-class family. Uh, the surprise to me was that I was expecting something more sappy and excessively sentimental, but it ended up being more genuine and down-to-earth than I expected. Sure, the, the film does fall into some traps of the genre, but it never gets dragged down by it. The thing that caught my attention from the very first scene, and what I think carries the film all the way, is the snappy dialogue and the wonderful chemistry between O'Neill and McGraw. Their conversations are so enjoyable to see, and they play so well off each other that the film rarely loses momentum. The cast is rounded out by Ray Miland and John Marley as the couple's respective fathers, each of which deal with the relationship between their children in very different ways. Despite all the good things and pros of the film, I do think that the last act development feels a bit forced and cliché, but once again the lead actors carry it through. As it is, this could probably sneak into my top 10 romantic films. We'll see. A film from the Dominican Republic. From the Dominican Republic, I saw San Dollars or Dólares de Arena. The film follows Anne, played by Geraldine Chaplin, daughter of Charles Chaplin. She's an older European woman that spends a lot of time in the Dominican Republic, where she has a relationship with Noeli, played by Janet Mojica, a younger woman that we see from the get-go is in the relationship apparently just for the money, as she is in a real relationship with someone else. As the film progresses, we see both Anne and Noeli struggling with the nature of their relationship and the future of it and their personal feelings. This was a really good film. The thing I like the most is that the film cares enough about its characters to put everything in perspective and let us see things from each of their eyes. It's mature enough to let us decide how we feel about them without forcing anything upon us. Uh, it is also helped by the great performances of Chaplin, who I didn't know was Charlie's daughter, although now that I know it, it's all I can see, the resemblance is uncanny, but also Janet Mojica, who surprisingly had not acted before, which is mind-blowing considering how good she is. Both actresses managed to imbue their characters with the necessary emotion to make them feel real and honest and their struggles genuine. The film does hit a bit of a patch during the middle when Noelle disappears for a bit while we get to see Anne hanging out with some American and European friends. It is an interesting moment because we see how Anne presents her relationship with Noelle to others, but it does lag a bit in this part. My other complaint would be that considering how the film ended, I wish the film would have given a bit more attention to the character of Noelle's boyfriend, but other than that, this was a really fine film. I strongly recommend it. A film featuring football prominently. For this last category, I saw 1974's The Longest Yard. The film follows Paul Crewe, played by Burt Reynolds, a middle-aged former football star that has turned into an alcoholic. 
When he's caught drunk driving after beating his girlfriend, he's sent to prison, where he's forced to lead a football game between the inmates and the guards. The first hurdle that the film has is the way it introduces us to Crew, who we see physically abusing of his girlfriend in the first scene. And although this is what sends him to jail, we never see him have an actual moment of reckoning about that specific moment, which made it a bit harder for me to empathize with him. Regardless of that, Reynolds is perfectly cast, he plays Crew with the necessary coolness, he's cocky, the rest of the cast is fine. They all fit certain stereotypes, like the evil warden played by Eddie Albert or the evil guard played by Ed Lauter and James Hampton as the good pal. Uh, despite the cliché and the lack of death in the characterizations, most of the performances are solid. The film also manages to switch between serious and silly rather well. However, I do feel that the film loses a bit of its edge in the last act. It doesn't dig deep into the issues it presents and solves its conflict in a fairly simple way, avoiding any complex detour, with things pretty much going the way you expect them to. But it was still a fairly fun and enjoyable film. The football choreographies are well done, uh, performances, like I said, are good, and it was, it was fun. Those are the five films I've seen during the last weeks. With these five, I liked how unintentionally I fell into a theme, so to speak, with three of the films dealing with different approaches to what people might consider quote-unquote forbidden love, whether it is between an older woman and a younger man, or an older woman with a younger woman, or a rich guy with a poor girl. And like I said on each quick review, I like how all three films presented characters that felt real and honest, dealing with their relationships in ways that felt genuine. Uh, so anyway, those five makes it 10 films seen during the month so far. Only have five to go as the month ends. The categories I still have pending are a film from the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die list, whose ranking includes the number two, uh, a film nominated for a Best Picture Academy Award this year, a film that features the President of the United States as a prominent character, a film set in New Orleans, and a film from Vincente Minelli. Once again, if anybody has any suggestion or recommendation of a film and you want to share it, you can contact me via Twitter at TIFCGT, T-H-I-E-F-C-G-T, or on Letterboxd as TIFF12. So that's all for the third episode of TIFF's Monthly Movie Loot. If you're listening, reach out and let me know what you think of the podcast or of any of the films I talk about. Take care. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.